Hi, welcome to the Diaries of a Heart Warrior, Life with CHD. I am your host, Amy Earhart. I am an independent but married woman with a congenital heart defect. Being born with single ventricle, my life was obviously a little different than most. This podcast is about growing up with CHD, talking about the struggles, the victories, and the emotions that come with it. I want to bring you stories from all types of heart warriors, including their families, to show you that you are not alone. I also want to sprinkle in ways to create positivity in life, even when things don't seem to be going your way. My hope is that we can all learn from each other in a process of the unknown. Please join me in celebrating the lives of our heart warriors. Hello, today we have Seth and Andrea here talking about their son Harrison and his heart defect. They will be telling us their story and the journey that they have taken and how they found out about Harrison's diagnosis, what life has been like since, and how they see the future. So if you guys would like to start on how Harrison was diagnosed in utero or after, you can start your journey and just let the world know. Well, thank you, Amy. We really appreciate you asking us to be a part of this. It's exciting. We just appreciate it. Hopefully our story can help others feel more comfortable in the future. Go ahead, Amy. Well, Seth kind of said it. Thank you. Um, So our story is we found out in utero that Harrison had a heart defect. And when we found out, oh, I went back through my paperwork and I have something saved in there from May. So we were not very far along, I feel like. So I was considered a high-risk pregnancy from the get-go because I was considered that old mom. I think it was actually geriatric pregnancy. (laughs) Shut it. It's called advanced maternal age. Thank you. Um, So we had a lot of testing done because of that from the get-go. So we had lots of ultrasounds. So our, I want to say it was one of our very first ultrasounds. They saw two VSDs, so the ventricular septal defects. Um, so right from the very beginning, we knew something was going on cardiac-wise. So obviously you know that from the beginning, you keep an eye on that. So every time we went, we looked for those little telltale signs in the ultrasound. How often did they make you get ultrasounds after that first? I think it was oh, monthly, wasn't it? I think so, monthly. yes. Um, it's so hard to think back to that time because it was scary and we didn't know. Um, and it, Just to back up a little bit, another to look, add another layer to it, we struggled with infertility for about five years and ended up getting pregnant with Harrison through in vitro. And so that all comes into mind too. It's like, was this what, you know, was this what caused it or what, you know, all this crazy stuff goes through your head. Not that it matters, but it, you, you're worried, you're worrying about everything. But at the end of the day, um, we had a good team and having been associated with you, Amy, with your journey and, and being a part of the ACHA through you, it really gave us confidence to know that everything's going to be okay. So it was really nice to have, I hate to say that, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I get <laughs> it. Was, it was nice to have exposure before it happened 
because although it was scary, we knew that the care exists and, you know, there's so much effort that goes into this disease um, that we knew it was going to be fine um, at the end of the day. So I don't know where else I, I wanted to go with that, but it, it was scary when we first found out. I'm, I'm, I kind of suppressed it all, I think, because I'm thinking yeah. about it right now. Like in that moment, when, when I first found out, it was like shit. Yeah. <laughs> do you, so when you first got the diagnosis, did you tell your family right away or did you keep it under wraps? Oof. I, I told mom and dad and my sisters. I don't know if you told your family. I was an open book with my family about yeah. what was going on. They knew we were going through fertility. They knew when uh, we were harvesting eggs. They knew when we were implanting. So they, they knew it all. Yeah. I think, I think at that appointment, I remember talking to you. We met there because during the day at work, I remember talking to you and asking if it was okay if we shared. And in the parking lot, I called my mom because you, you got to lean on family. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. And times like that. And to put another layer then to that, you guys were also not in the same city as your family. How did that weigh on finding out all this information? <laughs> I mean, I had been in Arizona a long time by myself at that point in time, so it really wasn't a big, I don't, I didn't feel like it was a big deal that I didn't have family there because I was pregnant. There was nothing we could do. Like I was going to go to the doctor's appointments. This was mid 2021, mm -hmm. middle of COVID. So there were still a lot of restrictions. So even if they were there, it's not like they could come with us. Right. So, right. And I think I felt the same. We were, were both very independent people and came together as independent people. Mm -hmm. So it was just another, just another day, I guess. Um, obviously, fast forward to today, and here we are sitting in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> because Harrison's about to turn two, and we decided it was absolute best for him to be yeah. with his family. Yeah. Um, so we moved from Phoenix last month or two months ago. So, okay, the ultrasounds are happening, and you're continuing to watch. Mm -hmm. Harrison is born. Was he born preemie? Did he make it to gestation, or like the uh, due date? or? So we had a scheduled induction at 39 weeks. Okay. So almost to our due date. He was running on the big side, and my blood pressure was trending up. So we had already, my doctor, because of my age, had already said at 39 weeks, we're inducing. We don't care. It's happening. Mm -hmm. So we had planned to go in, had our scheduled date. Crazy me works the day of my planned induction. Mm -hmm. So I worked all day, came home, got ready to go, and then called the hospital. I was like, all right, you guys ready for us? They're like, wait an hour and call back and see. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we wait an hour, they call. They say, okay, come on in. Yeah. So here we are, first-time parents, I mean, walking into the hospital with, like, 37,000 bags, and they're like, I'm sure all the nurses were looking at us, like, you guys are insane. <laughs> um, but we go in, get going. After a little hiccup with me, get going with the induction. My induction was delayed because my blood pressure was through the roof. I was right in the middle of preeclampsia, and we oh, were geez. just, like diagnosing it essentially right there like my blood pressure had been high but it was real high when we got like to stroke out high oh my yeah, like crazy scary high so we ended up still 
after I got the blood pressure down, we ended up with the induction. Fast forward, 18 hours later, failed induction. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor comes in and says, well, we can continue to try, mm -hmm. but I think we're just going to end up at the emergency C-section. So we're just going to do a plain section if you're okay with that. And I'm yeah. like, well, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so we did the planned section. We went and did the, the C-section. I will admit, for the vast majority of the birth for the C-section, I was completely gorked out of my mind from the gabapentin that they gave me to oh, okay. help with the nerve pain from the C-section. Mm -hmm. So the C-section portion, portion of it, really, I, I don't remember a lot of it. So he can kind of go into the actual delivery piece of it because mm -hmm. obviously I'm numbed on medication and can't mm -hmm. see anything anyways. So they deliver and mm -hmm. he knows what happened after that. <laughs> um, I'll try to keep it as short as possible. Bottom line, he, he was born. They rushed him right away to the NICU, which was crazy scary. He, he had unfortunately taken in some of his, I think they call it zirconium or something. It's poop. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Marconium. And, um, so it was really scary. He had to be put on oxygen right away. He had to be put on a feeding tube right away. Or, uh, yeah, he had a, he had, he had a nasal cannula for the oxygen okay. and then his blood sugar was low. So they his blood sugar. Him that's what it was. Okay. So, um, obviously scary. We don't know if that, if the oxygen had anything to do with his heart defects and you're wondering all of that at that time. Right. And I've had a, not to go into too much detail, but I had a wife that, just got out of major surgery and a son that was in the NICU and I was in a crazy state of what do I do? Yeah. Here? Where do you go? Where, and so I was just going back and forth, back yeah. and forth. And then fortunately we only had to spend a couple days in the NICU and then discharged a day after. So oh, wow. he, he came out of everything so fast. Um, after he was born, they, they did an actual echo and we found out that he actually had a third hole that we didn't know about the ASD. I think he had two VSDs and an ASD. So again, we weren't overly worried cause he seemed fine, mm -hmm. but it was just, I don't know. We were, it's just a weird feeling in the yeah. midst of all of that. I don't know where else to go from there. Other than later we, we, we got set up with a cardiologist right away. Mm -hmm. I think six, it wasn't even six months. Our first visit was a, a month or so after and they did an actual another echo and they told us that mm -hmm. I think two of the holes had already closed We're like oh, oh my gosh okay know, crazy so then it started to feel really like, just felt so fortunate and so lucky yeah uh, he was born December 2nd and on January 6th we went and saw Dr. Ravi and we were down to just the one BSD and then from there, it was at that point monitoring. At that point, at that point, they said no restrictions. You can do. He can do whatever. We can do whatever. I mean, obviously, as a month old, you're not really doing much of right. anything. Right. But um, not to really be overly concerned about it. Do your normal checks. Is he eating enough? Is he starting? Mm -hmm. Is he gaining weight like he's supposed to be doing? Um, that kind of stuff. And then said, "See us in six months." 
So we went back five months later. We didn't make it the full six months. And they did another echo. And how our cardiologist worked was that they did the echo the same day we saw the cardiologist. Mm -hmm. So you went in, did the EKG, did the echo. He looked at it, came into our room. So within 20 minutes of us getting the echo, he walked in and kind of made a joke. He was <laughs> like, hey, um, the hole is so small it could have closed between the time we did the echo and now. So 20 minutes. It's that small. He goes, we're... We'll see you in two years. We'll see you in two years. <laughs> wow. He crossed out the paperwork. Like he had printed out like the discharge paper, uh -huh. crossed out the one year and said, I'll see you in two years. Nice. That had to be a really darn good feeling. That was an amazing Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. So, yeah. Now so, we need to find a cardiologist in Ohio. Yeah. So he's hit all of his milestones, mm -hmm. everything he's done just wonderfully. Healthy. Plus. Healthy baby. And another, well, we view him as healthy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cardiac-wise healthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he even got approved for life insurance last month. Oh, hot dang. That's the hardest thing, man. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, so with, with that being said, again, we are just so fortunate to to be on this side of it. Yeah. Because we've seen so much mm -hmm. um, through ACHA and, yeah. and with you, Amy. So we're fortunate. But to have been a part of that organization before this and know that one in 100 children are affected. I still never thought I would be the one. Right. Know? Right. And I, and I don't think anybody ever does. Yeah. Um, it's but. funny that you talk about life insurance. Cause honestly, my mom and dad, they, when I was born, the most life insurance they could pull out on me was $5,000 and, oh. and they did it just to have something. I mean, burial, whatever would have could have happened and dad kept that life insurance policy all the way up until I was in my thirties. And he said, do you want to start paying on it? And I'm like, I guess like, I mean, the premium was so small, but then I'm like, now I paid on it for a couple years and I had to call him and I'm like, do you care if I cancel this? Like, <laughs> but, but it's, I mean, that's huge. If I honestly, if I wouldn't have life insurance now through my work, I would ke have kept yeah. that policy. I would have not been able to take anything. And you being an insurance dude, clearly <laughs> you know how big of a deal that is. Like, yeah. and it's and it seems so minute to so many people, but it's a big deal to be able to be approved for insurance. Yeah, and you for just, life insurance, and I should you say. Just never know what could creep up from this. So yeah, when we have the opportunity to get it. I mean, it feels morbid to even think about, but. Hopefully it's just a gift to him later, like your right. parents gifted it to you. Right. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyways, off of that. let's get off of that topic. <laughs> <laughs> right. So beyond that, now what, what do you, uh, I guess, what do you see for him? I mean, if there's no restriction and he's just thriving and growing, just making sure he hits his milestones and hitting his two-year appointment? Yeah, I think we're going to continue to treat him just like a normal, healthy little yeah. boy and We'll always have a cardiologist, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably wise yeah. to always have a cardiologist right. and just do our checkups. And it just feels normal now. Like That's just part of, yeah. you know, part of what we're going to do. Um, we were lucky, and we don't have to think about it. Yeah. He runs. He plays. I mean, 
as a mom, I think you worry just in general, like when he's running and playing and he comes up huffing and puffing, you're like, oh, yeah, what's what going is, on? Yeah. But really now in my brain, I think, oh, daycare, he's probably got another cold going on in there. I think the heart is one of the last things I think about at this point in time. Which is really good. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be like such a relief too, like internally that it's not constantly the first thing you think mm -hmm. about. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm thinking about right now, any, anybody listening right now, if you're going through something similar, just know there's hope, even if it's not. Even if it's not as fortunate as our story, there is such a community out there that you just have to plug into and you have to have the courage to plug into when this kind of stuff happens. And there, there's just support if you ask for it, if you want it. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Like if you don't know the support and you don't know how to get the support, like you said, it's hard to plug into it. But once you find it, I think there's your sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the community is amazing. <clears throat> so my experience, I, my connection to CHD was Amy, mm -hmm. my cousin, Amy, we grew up, we were born three weeks apart. Um, that's my connection. 35 years later in a whole completely different city, this group of people welcomes me in to be a part of that group. It inspired by Amy I don't know. I don't know what to say, except the, there are amazing people out there that want to help. That's it. So I'm going to kind of back up again and say that you got involved in the ACHA community with the heart walks. Having been involved, and that was before Harrison. So having been involved in that and then knowing Harrison was on the way with two VSDs, finding out there was an ASD after he was born. How big of a mental shift difference do you think that played for you? Oh, man. We were so fortunate to have been exposed the way we had prior to because, yes, it was scary, but, yes, we were exposed to what is possible. Like, mm -hmm. Even if it was the worst-case scenario, People care. So we really weren't as worried as we probably could have been. Um, yeah. Having been exposed to it. Yeah. In advance. Uh, you, you, you can speak to that too, if you want to. I mean, you were definitely more part of the ACHA community than I was. I feel like my background as a nurse kind of helped me. Mm -hmm. Process things a little bit differently because uh -huh. um, I kind of knew a little more of what was going on, I think, than he truly Well, so that's funny you say that because I just recently did an interview and the girl is also part of the healthcare community. She made the comment, it was good, but she said at some points, ignorance was bliss. Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. how you felt? Me, yes. <laughs> yes. Ignorance is bliss to a certain extent. And when you needed the help, she was yes, there to yeah, help us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, for me, like, I'm glad I knew what was going on because I think in the moment when they tell you that, you don't know what to ask. You don't think about it. You walk out of that appointment and two hours later you go, oh, I should have asked that. Oh, I should have done yeah. this. Oh, what about this? So with the healthcare piece of it, 
I'm not cardiac. Like I work oncology, so like I don't deal with the heart all that much. But I had resources. Yeah, like, I could go talk to the cardiologist that works with our patients and and go, hey, yo, this is going on. Like, where am I at? What are we doing? Yeah. So I think it kind of helped to have both spectrums. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I'm sure. So. <laughs> I feel like that's how my mom and dad were. My mom was the medical and dad probably just sat back and took it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, would you like anyone to know anything that, I guess, to say anything that you would have liked to know at the beginning of this process or at this point, what would you just like parents to know moving forward? Like how, how you feel about Harrison and moving forward in the community? I'd say... If it happens, and if you find out that your son or daughter is going to be born with a defect, just take it slow and reach out to people because there's a support system. Amy is the proof of that. She is the support system for you. Thank you. Um, uh, It's (laughs) about choke up thinking about it. Mm. But Amy is just awesome. Um, to be doing this podcast, to um, to just know there's people that care out there and that they want their whole mission is to help, and that's yeah. Amy. So just reach out, listen to podcasts, right? <laughs> get involved. The community's there for you, and just know that it's going to be okay. Bottom line, yeah. what would you say? Um, I would say. Educate yourself, but educate yourself in a good manner. Make sure you go to the good site. I was going to say, don't do Google.com. Don't do Google.com. <laughs> Please don't get your own medical diagnosis. Get get the good get the good education piece of it, so that way you kind of do know where you're going, what you're doing, what to ask. Yeah. Type of situation. Yes. The podcasts are good. Yes, the videos you can find are good to an extent. Just make sure you're prepared to see the bad part of it, too, because they're not always pretty. Yeah. So, yeah. Both, but both there's always things. hope. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you hear in, in the interviews I've done so far, like, you just lean. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. You just lean. And... They will catch your fall, yep. for sure, for sure. And to be the advocate for your child, which is huge. And by the way, he's an insanely cute, toe-headed little kid who's sitting on the bed watching a video right now, just being as quiet as can be. Well, we only gave him that video, <laughs> so he would be quiet for this interview. <laughs> Harrison, you want to say hi? Can you say hi can to say the hi? screen? Can you say, say hi? hi? Can you say hello? Can you say thank you, Amy? Say thank you, Amy. Not happening. Can you say Harrison? No. No. (laughs) This is what it is every time on the phone. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate you telling Harrison's story. I absolutely love it. Found out still so many things I didn't know, and I can't wait to watch him grow up here in Ohio now. Yeah. (laughs) Say thank you. (gasps) 
<laughs> he tried. He tried. <laughs> Whispers. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Amy. Yep. Thanks, Amy. Love you. Thank Seth and Andrea and Harrison for joining me today on another episode of Diaries of a Heart Warrior. It amazes me, a couple of years ago, prior to Harrison being born, Seth decided to join ACHA and become an advocate for so many. Now, both Seth and Andrea are doing that same thing for their son, Harrison. They are right. Harrison is one of the lucky ones, and I'm so thankful for these stories and that they exist. Not everyone will have this type of story, but Harrison is still part of a large group of survivors living with CHD, and I can't wait to watch his story unfold as he grows older. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thank you again for joining us today.